were very low to the ground and sitting as still as a statue. You shift your eyes to make sure the coast is clear. The coyote who lives nearby has been stalking your burrow for the last few days. It's unnerving. You were very close to delivering your litter of kits. As a doe cottontail rabbit, you will build your nest in an open area, which seems to be a safe spot since predators, like the coyote, usually avoid such places. You find the perfect spot at the edge of a grassy lawn. The coyote likes to stay close to the undergrowth, so it seems safe enough. As you dig and prep your nest, you can feel the anticipation building for the day when your babies will arrive. You carry grass and leaves to line your nest. As you get everything perfect, you pluck fur from your belly to make it extra cozy for your little brood. This year, you will have up to seven litters. The life of a cottontail is fraught with dangers. Disease, predators, and other hazards allow only half of each litter to survive to adulthood. You know this enough to be careful, but you don't allow the danger of living to get in the way of taking care of the business at hand. After a few days of prepping your nest and grazing, the wonderful day arrives. Your babies are here. You have five blind, hairless kits. You watch them hop around the nest and nurse right away. After just two weeks, they start to venture out of the nest. Even though they are born in the open, you don't stay with them throughout the day to avoid drawing attention to the nest. This morning, you came and nursed them. You stayed nearby, at least part of the day, resting in a slight depression called a form that you make in the dirt. Then at dusk, you came back to nurse your kids again. Since you are crepuscular, meaning you are active at dusk and dawn, this routine is part of your daily pattern. You spend most of the day hidden. Then you are active and forage at dusk. By seven weeks old, your babies are old enough to eat and care for themselves. What will life hold for them? How will they join in the ecosystem of your homeland? Let's look at some more rabbit tales and discover more about this small mammal. You are listening to Naturalist Kids Podcast, where we bring the stories of nature to life to encourage you in your quest to learn more about this great world. I'm your host, Joy Cherick, and today I'm joined by Reagan, age 11. If you love our podcast and want to see more episodes like this one about rabbits, please consider supporting us through our Patreon site, patreon.com slash naturalistkids. There you will find transcripts, nature study lessons, and additional resources to go with each episode. This is episode five of season one. This episode corresponds with Nature Study Hacking Mammals. Nature Study Hacking teaches families how to get outside and use a nature journal. Head over to naturestudyhacking.com to learn more. Let us consider for a moment what a rabbit is like. I wonder if you will say, shy, sneaky, cute, quiet, fast. But why is this? Where did we get these ideas from? 
There are many stories about rabbits. Beatrix Potter wrote about Peter Rabbit and Benjamin Bunny. Aesop about the tortoise and the hare. The rabbits and hares are different species from the same family, Leporidae. There are the rabbits from the story of Watership Down, or you may have heard the story of Br'er Rabbit by Uncle Remus, an old southern folktale. There is the March Hare and White Rabbit in the story of Alice in Wonderland. What is it about the rabbit that lends it to these tales? Why do we enjoy hearing stories about talking rabbits? As we've studied rabbits, we learned that there are both wild and domesticated rabbits, just like there are wild and domesticated dogs. Think of the wolf and the husky as an example. There are 305 breeds of domestic rabbits. Some that you may have heard of include Holland Lop, Angora, Dutch, French Angora, Rex, Mini Rex, Lion Head, and Belgian Hare. The domestic rabbits we know today are descendants from the European wild rabbit. Wild rabbits tend to be a color called agouti, while domestic animals come in a variety of colors. Agouti looks brown or tan, but it's actually a banded coat pattern. Each individual hair is striped between brown, tan, white, and black. This is because the color helps them blend into the woods. We were surprised to learn that some wild American rabbits do not even belong to the same species as domestic rabbits. Cottontails and the snowshoe hares look like domestic rabbits, but they are in the hare family, similar to the jackrabbit. They have very different cultural and social habits and cannot interbreed. Many people are under the impression that wild rabbits are the same species as domestic rabbits. This is not true. Domestic rabbits have been bred to be calmer, certain colors, and temperaments. Because of this, they are not as well equipped to live in the wild without the help of humans. Though the practice of farming rabbits for their meat, fur, and hair began with the Romans, the domestication of rabbits seems to have begun with medieval monks. Though the monks started off keeping rabbits for meat, it wasn't long before they started breeding them for their color. The family of rabbits is called Leporidae. This family includes rabbits and hares. So what's the difference between hares, cottontails, and domestic rabbits? Hare babies are born fully furred, eyes open. Adult hares do not dig burrows and live a more or less solitary life. Cottontails are born naked, eyes closed. Cottontails develop much faster than their domestic cousins. They're weaned at two weeks and are ready to live on their own at four weeks. Like hares, adult cottontails do not dig burrows, but build a rather loose nest out of grass and rabbit fur for their babies, and otherwise just take cover in bushes and such. They are solitary creatures sometimes. You might see several grazing near each other, but they do not live together. European rabbits dig elaborate burrows and form complex societies called warrens. A warren can include hundreds of individuals and have a, a complex social structure. One of the reasons it's so difficult and touchy to match up are domestic rabbits. While they are happiest in the company of another rabbit, they need to go through social posturings to establish who's the leader.
So let's now have some fun with words. A rabbit trail is defined by the Urban Dictionary as veering off subject or off the point of the conversation. A story or explanation leading nowhere. And sometimes making statements with no real purpose just for the sake of stating it. That is a rabbit trail. So to pull the rabbit out of your hat is another kind of funny rabbit saying. That is to do something surprising and seemingly impossible. To produce something in the way that has no obvious explanation, as if done by magic. A reference to the cliched magician's trick of pulling a live rabbit out of a seemingly empty Aesop, retold by Reagan Cherick. In a forest a hundred miles away from any man, there lived a hare. One day, as he, the hare, was coming out of his burrow, he saw a tortoise. Now, being bored, he decided to tease the tortoise. Now, the tortoise had been out since early, getting his breakfast. When the hare was foolishly teasing him, he asked, Do you want to race? What? asked the hare. I will easily outdistance you, but, as you insist, I will. Just then, the fox came along and agreed to set a course and be judge. The race began, and the proud hare shot ahead, but, as he was lazy at heart, he settled himself down, thinking that the tortoise would step on a stick and wake him up. But the steady one did no such thing, and as he passed, murmured, Sweet dreams! The hare awoke and saw that the tortoise was only a few feet from the finish line. He got up and ran as fast as he could, but the tortoise had won. The hare's family ran over to him and said how he had disgraced their race and banished him from even talking with them. As for the tortoise, he winked and said, Slow and steady wins the race. We always like to have a little fun here on Naturalist Kids Podcast, and so we found a funny poem by Edward Lear to share with you. There was an old person whose habits by Edward Lear. There was an old person whose habits induced him to feed upon rabbits. When he'd eaten eighteen, he turned perfectly green, upon which he relinquished those habits. This concludes the first season of Naturalist Kids Podcast. Thanks for listening. For transcript of this show, extra resources, and the nature study lessons on the cottontail rabbit that goes with this episode, head over to patreon.com slash naturalistkids. We will leave you with this. When one tugs at a single thing in nature, he finds it attached to the rest of the world. John Muir, 1838 to 1914.